Hello, Pilates lovers. Welcome to All Things Pilates. I'm Darian Gold. And grab the front of the chair right into your tendon stretch. Yes, come on, even if you don't go high. That's it. That's it. Nice long legs. And open the chest and lift your spine. Good. Press your head into your hands. Ooh, Sally. Art ignites emotion, thought, and is its own life force. This quote is by Tanis Kobrinski, our guest today on All Things Pilates. Tanis is an artist and Pilates studio owner in Echo Park, Los Angeles. Nine years ago, a dream of hers came true. She combined both her love of visual art and her passion for Pilates and created a community space where people took lessons during the day and gathered for art shows in the evening. Unfortunately, her studio has been put on hold because of the COVID-19 crisis. On March 17th, Tanis shuttered her prized and admired studio, knowing that maybe she wouldn't ever operate it again. In this episode, you'll hear how much love and effort Tanis put in to creating a beautiful healing space where Pilates and art inspire. My guest today is Tanis Kobrinski, and she has an interesting story. Born in Canada, Tanis discovered ballet at age four and fell in love with the discipline and commitment it required and continued to dance through high school. But Tanis suffered from a condition called osteochondritis dissecans, a painful joint problem common in children and teens active in sports. Many instances, this condition presents in the knees, causing bone spurs to pull apart and lodge in the joint, causing undue pain. From Tannis' first surgery to her fourth, she'll always be grateful to the orthopedic surgeon who recommended a rehabilitative program she'd never heard of, the Pilates method. Through Pilates, Tannis has been able to keep practicing, teaching, performing, and moving safely. Tannis would eventually become certified in the Pilates method in 2000 by Rael Isakowitz, founder of BASI, Body, Arts, and Science International. During her Pilates journey, which included 13 years teaching at a Los Angeles studio, Tannis had her own dream of creating a space that combined two kinds of art, art in motion, that's Pilates, and visual art to adorn her walls. Growing up with a mom who was a landscape artist, Tannis was exposed to many types of visual art. Her mother's artistic background awakened in Tannis her need to see art, create art through different forms, and share art with others. With her BASI certification in hand, she set out to realize her dream, and in 2011, opened Pilates and Arts in the Echo Park area of Los Angeles. Not only does Tanis offer top Pilates education, but she supports local artists, which includes hosting five art exhibits a year. Tanis believes by incorporating visual art, it reinforces a more holistic approach to practicing Pilates 
and transforms it into its own artistry and a more complete experience for the student. Calling in from Echo Park to talk about the many facets of her studio is Tanis Kobrinski. Hello, Tanis. Welcome to All Things Pilates. Hi. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. Tanis, when you were diagnosed with osteochondritis dissecans, can you say that three times in a row? <laughs> did your doctor did your doctor tell you once you have it that you'll always have it? Yes, he said that by the time you're 40, you're going to have very debilitating arthritis. And of course, I was 14 and I said, no, I won't. And I'm now in my 60s and I'm still moving very well and uh, kind of refused to give in. Do you know if it's genetic? I don't for sure. I know that my older brother, who wasn't active or athletic, he had it. And my dad, who was a general surgeon, had done some practice afterwards, postdoctoral studies for orthopedics. And he, coincidentally, he wrote a paper about osteochondritis discount, which kind of shocked me. I actually found it by Googling. I found this paper he'd written. So something in the family, I think he might have felt that there was something genetic about it. How did this condition, though, affect your dancing? At the time, I was already in a junior ballet company, and that was my plan to go off and from there uh, go on to uh, go to New York and get into a company. And instead, I had my first surgery um, and went back to the company and went back to some ballet classes for a few months and then decided to put my point shoes away. So that was a huge disappointment, but I transferred into doing other forms of dance, and I discovered theater, and I began doing theater. So I'd never really stopped. I, I stopped ballet. I just felt that a career, I wasn't going to be able to stay, sustain that career that I dreamed of. Point work was just too much for you, but did you do, mod, you did modern and jazz as well afterwards? I did, I did. Yes, I was recruited when I was, Seen 17, I'd, I'd done a theater performance, and the choreographer of that was teaching at UCSB, UC Santa Barbara, and he recruited me to be in that his company he had, which was called Jazz Experiment. I was the only one not going to the university that was in the company, and he also hired me to choreograph a show for a, a high school, and then I, uh, I began teaching at that time. I began teaching uh, when I was 16. I began teaching ballet and movement, and I've taught ever since. That makes sense, though. You just segued from performing and being on point to teaching others your craft. Yes, and I, and I kept performing. I was cast in some music videos in L.A., and I did theater for a little while, so I never really completely stopped. I always loved to dance. I temper it so that I don't hurt myself. You just can't stop moving, can you? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> When the orthopedic surgeon did suggest Pilates, first of all, where did you go? And did you begin with private lessons? Yes, but that wasn't the first surgery. So that wasn't when I was in my teens. That was much later. That happened actually on my third surgery. Uh, I needed an ACL replacement. And I did go for physical therapy at his suggestion, the orthopedist for Pilates and for physical therapy, and I picked places that would allow me to do that. Does that mean that your Pilates teacher and the doctor communicated 
with each other, or did they design a treatment program with you? The PT who was using Pilates for rehab, she would send him notes, and he, I did see him for follow-ups, and he would check the notes. I don't know if they communicated one-to-one, but they definitely were communicating and figuring out ways to help. I was having um, issues with, actually not with extension, which often happens, but with flexion. So they were working on that to try and get me back my flexion. And you got better, right? Yes, I did. I had some after problems. I I had Baker cyst in back of my knee, which flares up sometimes, but I did Pilates and then I ended up becoming a Pilates instructor. So really it, it took me on that new path. And I have taught, you know, I've taught Pilates for 20 years and I do it regularly. And I also do other physical activities. So it definitely, uh, I I got back most of my mobility and most of my strength. Now, do you have students currently that come to you with similar issues? I do. I've had and helped uh, through the years people that have had knee surgeries or knee replacements. uh, And I do, because of my own personal experience, I am able to really identify with that and figure out ways to help them with, sometimes you'll have muscle atrophy. I had vastus medialis issues myself, and I, I have specific things that I can help them with that and help them again. My flexion was not so great, and so I can help break out, get through that scar tissue to help them get over that fear of that. Uh, also, extension, especially with knee replacements, people never really regain full extension. So, you know, Ever? you work with that. In my experience, they people do not get it. They'll get to like 90, 95%, but never quite full extension. That's just been my experience with the clients I've had. Knowing your love of art, when you first opened your studio, you must have been thrilled. Did you have exhibits right away or did you sort of feel what's happening in the community first to see what was possible or did you just jump right into it? Well, I I planned to have them immediately. I mean, I knew that. I knew that the space was a wonderful gallery space. It's very high ceilings. We put in skylights. It is at a well-known artist complex and uh, the community that it's in is very arts-oriented. So I, within a month, I had my first exhibit and recruited uh, mainly people that I knew, artists I knew. I think I had three artists in that first exhibit. And uh, it was it's like every time you do it, you're, you're having the art show, but you're also opening the doors and having a party, welcoming people from the community. Yeah, it was, it was my intention immediately. But how does this all work? Because I'm assuming you have lots of apparatus, and does mm-hmm. the apparatus just stay where they're supposed to be? (laughs) What happens? No. No. And sometimes when people come in and they haven't been to the studio before, they initially, they don't even notice it, which is interesting. Then you have to point it out to them because what we do, the art week is, is the prep for the art week happens every two months, about every two months. And that week is very busy. Art goes out, usually Wednesdays. Art comes in on Thursdays. Walls are getting prepped. Uh, Friday evening, we hang the show. We have to wait for the quiet time to be able to hang the show. And Saturday evening is the art opening. And so we have to, uh, in the afternoon, I have a helper come in. There's two rooms. There's a dance studio and a Pilates studio. The whole space is 1,500 square feet. 
the 800 square foot Pilates studio, we we have a system down now. We do it pretty quickly. We move the apparatus up against one wall, and then we set up a food table and a bar in front of those. Oh, and a bar. Then, <laughs> oh yeah, we serve. I have a, a one of my clients is a wine expert, and she actually makes a special signature cocktail for each one of the shows. Plus, we serve wine, and all of it is complimentary. And we use the Cadillac is in the back of the room, and we hang this really pretty curtain made out of sari uh, material. We put the props and things, what we can fit in there. We kind of hide it in there so it looks like a mysterious little secret nook in the back of the room. And then what we can't uh, have space for, we'll put out. There's a back patio and then the dance room. We just move the bar. There's Well, we move one of the bars out. And we have, if we're going to be having an artist talk or uh, we're going to be having live music, which has happened, or spoken word, we do that sometimes, live events. I have numerous folding chairs, and we put those out in little conversation situations so that people can sit and listen. And sometimes when it's gotten really crowded in there and it's actually fun, I take the physio balls and I take the Pilates boxes, and they become makeshift chairs. That's smart. Yes, you see have people sitting on the balls kind of bouncing up and down and having fun. And so that's what we do, and it really transforms it into two gallery rooms. There's springboards on the wall, so I do have people saying, what are these things? You know, I do point out the machines so that they get that most of the time, this is a, a fully operating Pilates studio seven days a week. This leads me to my next question, which is, do okay. the, your art exhibits bring in new and... Pilates curious people. Yes, they do. And also dance students now, and also other artists that didn't know it was there, they will come and decide that they want to show their work or they talk to me about it. But it definitely, I have uh, several members because they have membership as well as you can buy series classes. But I have several members that came and found the studio because of the art openings. They might have thought about doing Pilates or someone had mentioned and they discover and they end up there. And I, they've now been part of my life for the past five years or so, these people. How has the right community now. responded? It sounds oh, like it's, it. yes. Yeah, they love it. And I always have people coming in and saying, wow, I've never seen anything like this. This is so unique and special. I feel so welcomed. It's so warm and inviting. And the fact that the, the shows change every two months or sometimes every six weeks, you know, it's fresh. When you take the art down, people have a funny reaction that have not seen it with the art down. They're, oh, it's so naked in here. Oh, this is mm. weird. And then we get the art back in and it's like, wow, this is a whole new feeling, new energy in the room. It's really great. You know, it's like it's, it's a constant changing environment. The Echo Park local press, do they support you? I think I initially had a couple of articles in there, an art magazine, Artillery, Artillery. They did something about one of the exhibits once. Most of the time, I'm the one promoting on social media and sending out evites, and the artists are also self-promoting and getting their people there. I would love to have more press. That would be great. I do the usual postcards, and, and I tell everybody at the studio, come on by. It's like a party. You don't want to miss this. Do you sell the art? Yes. And sometimes, some certain art, it depends on the price points. Uh, lesser expensive art has sold more. Uh, but I have had a couple of big pieces sell that were in the thousands each. 
Uh, I also had, uh, you mentioned my mother was an artist. I had an art consultant come in, and I had a special show of just my mother's work. And that nice. art consultant ended up, it turned out she had a, a very well-to-do client back east, and they bought 10 of my mother's paintings. It was Lovely. incredible. <laughs> yeah, so my, my mom's art is somewhere now being appreciated by a whole audience. So that's, that's a wonderful thing. I wonder if you have launched any artist's career. I have had first shows for people, and that was really exciting for them. It gave them the confidence to go on then to uh, maybe a more a more established gallery. So I would say I've certainly helped support and make people aware of unknown artists. What other forms of movement? I know you mentioned ballet. Besides ballet in the ballet studio, what other kinds of movement do you do we, do offer? Mm-hmm. That studio opened six months after the first one because the space became available, and I, I took a huge risk, but there it is. So Good for you. Um, yeah. And I went back to my love. I, I had thought of maybe having it be for, you know, therapy and having treatment rooms, but then I opted for, for dance. And uh, we have mat classes. We have dance ballet classes. We have those every day, sometimes twice a day. We have modern and contemporary. We have a salsa dance class. We have stretch classes. We are right now starting a breathwork meditation class. Had some specialty workshops. I had a haka workshop. If what you is know that? What haka, it's the Aboriginal war dance. You should look it up online. Wow. Haka, H A K A. And I had a, a woman. Her name is uh, Amelia Butler. She is a Maori and lives in Los Angeles. And I put the word out, and she showed up. And we've had three of those. Usually affiliated or associated with men doing it, but women do do it. And our classes have been all female, and they're very empowering. It's about finding your authentic inner strength. We do things like that. I taught in Halloween. There's this fun witch dance that if you look on YouTube, if you look up Shake Your Bacon, you'll find this really fun little choreographed dance. Someone said, oh, it's like a witch Zumba dance. So I taught that this year, and I hope to do it every year very fun, festive thing. So I'm always open to new things happening there. People do rent the space for workshops. We just had, we're having right now for the holidays, we're doing a Sugar Plum Fairy uh, variations class three weekends in a row. For Um, ballet, for ballet. Yeah, for ballet. So we're, you know, I'm always trying new things and open to suggestions. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what evolves and how we have now been, it took a while to be discovered as a dance studio, but now the classes, we have a regular base of people that come often. I have a monthly unlimited that really helps with that. And sometimes they're there twice a day taking class, which is very rewarding for me to see the same people and see the community building. And you have crossover from dance to Pilates, Pilates to dance? I do have some crossover. Uh, sometimes the dancers are there strictly strictly to dance. I uh, well, this is right now. I have a, a, a young actress that is going to be the lead in a Amazon film. I'm not going to say the name or anything, but um, she. They found us. They wanted her to do floor bar, and it was hard to find a place to do it. So she just is doing a, a full unlimited uh, monthly, which allows her to do as much Pilates and dance as she wants for the next two months. Wonderful. So she's there in training for the film. How many she's teachers do you have? Her- how many teachers? It varies, but most of the time there are 
that are actually teaching per schedule. There's eight Pilates instructors. There's three, three to four ballet teachers. And there's about three other dance teachers. People also rent the space to bring in their own clients, both on Pilates and dance side. So it's, it's lively. <laughs> we have some downtime in the middle of the day, but it's people coming and going all the time. It sounds like you created this beautiful gym. Not gym. Am I pronouncing it right? Gym. G-E-M for Echo Park. And I hope that oh, the... Oh, <laughs> Yeah, a gym, not a gym gym. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a gym gem too, I suppose you could call it. Yeah, it's... I. Yeah. People really appreciate it. They, I mean, what's so rewarding about all of this is... Well, sometimes I walk in and I can't quite believe it's as active as it is. And other times people will just come up and say, this is my favorite thing in the community. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting artists in the arts. So it's really rewarding because... That to the arts to me are are so important in our lives. I mean, our lives would be dull. Yeah, dull, and it isn't just that. I mean, we know that dance helps you with as you get older. It helps you with any kind of mental issues. Dance and Pilates are both they're antidepressants. To me, movement is an antidepressant, and so is art. And so they're your way of being your most positive and best self. You're super busy, but besides running your studio, you also teach at a local YMCA? I do. I do. I have for years. I taught, before I was Pilates certified, I was teaching tone and sculpt classes and low-impact aerobics there. done it other places for years. But then when I got Pilates certified, I I stopped teaching the other things, and I, I teach my own version. It's sort of a Pilates fusion class that has in it some energy work and extra stretching, and I do it too. I have a ton of playlists I've made, very eclectic music um, that I I do teach with music. So my class is not a straight-ahead classic math class, although we do a lot of the classic format. I just pepper in these other things. And then those people, perhaps, if they want more, they come to your studio. Some have. They're not right they're, you know, I'm in L.A., and so it would take them either way. It would take them four hours. 30 minutes to get to me. <laughs> Hopefully not four hours, but might be. Might be. You never know in L.A. Um, so mainly the people that come to my studio are within, I'd say, then they're in my neighborhood. Some of them walk over. They're within about seven-mile radius, 10 miles from different communities. That's who really comes to the studio, very local or unless they're here from out of town. I do get people from New York. I have people that come from San Francisco and New York and places like that that my studio has been recommended to them as the place to go if they happen to be in that part of Los Angeles. So that's that's also rewarding that the word's gotten out to, to other uh, cities. And then there is the Pilates holiday that you organize and lead. Can you speak about that? Sure. I uh, Way back in 2003, I saw there weren't any Pilates things going on. And there were lots of yoga retreats, holidays. So I decided to start something and I, I led a bunch of trips that included culture and, all, you know, not just Pilates. You don't go and just do Pilates at the studio all day long. So from that, I did that up till I opened the studio in 2011. Then I phased it out and then I had a client who's a wine same one that does the bar, the wine expert, <laughs> yeah. and she's also a travel agent, and she speaks four languages. She's amazing. So we did a trip to Puglia in 2011, that's southern, southern Italy. Sorry, not 2011, 2016, 
And we're planning another one for this spring to a different part of Italy. So they're week long and you get to do Pilates. You earn, <laughs> you earn pasta credits by doing your Pilates. And you go to special wineries because she uh, works as a wine rep, so she gets you indoors that other people can't. And you do other cultural excursions. So it's an immersion in the culture as well as having a healthy holiday. Where do you actually practice Pilates, though? Oh, we pick places where they have they have a room for us. It's not on the it's 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 mat class. Okay. So you do yeah you do mat class, and I usually do a mat a day. I might also do a stretch class. And I did do way back if you know of the Poppy Farm. I actually taught there a couple of times. They no longer exist, but that was in Italy, and they had machines. They had the reformers. So that included that. But this is, you get to do your class daily, plus you do all these other interesting and fun things. The next one is coming up? Yes, we're looking at spring. Probably April, May, we're just about to announce dates, and we already have people saying that they want to go. So I'm, I'm hoping it comes together and we do it. And how many people can you take? We wouldn't want to take more than 12. You like to keep it somewhat intimate. Okay, and then that leads me to my asking you if people are interested in your Pilates holiday or your mat class at the Y or your studio with art and apparatus. I'm exhausted just saying all that, but how do they how do they find you? How do they find me? The website for the studio is www.pilatesandarts.com spelled out. Uh, you could email me at tanis, T-A-N-N-I-S, at PilatesAndArts.com. That would probably be the best way. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Feel free to call the studio, 323-913-9460, with questions about anything. Do you see in the future you're writing a book of bringing your love of art and Pilates together? I could see a beautiful coffee table book. Chills. Yeah. I just chills. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, yes. I think I need to do that. Yes. Let's talk. I used to write professionally, so. Ooh, I know. <laughs> okay, well then let's, uh, let's continue this conversation at your convenience. I'd love to help you with that. Oh, thank you. Okay. okay. All right. Thank yeah. you so much for your time today, Tannis. Oh, it was fun. All okay. right. Thanks. All right. Take care. If you're interested in helping Tannis keep her studio open, you can contribute to her GoFundMe campaign. It's called Keep Pilates and Arts Alive and Thriving. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it inspired you. In order that you don't miss any of the great conversations, please subscribe as it will also help others find the show. All Things Pilates is produced and hosted by me, Darian Gold. It originates as a live radio show on KPCA in Petaluma, California. Podcast production is provided by Audio Ephemera. Hey there, I'm Andy, the audio engineer for All Things Pilates. And as cliche as it sounds, I'm also a client. My Pilates practice has strengthened my core and more importantly, given me a new awareness of my body and its abilities. Darian's approach is challenging but fun, and I always leave my sessions feeling energized. But don't just take my word for it. I recently visited one of Darian's classes, and here's what some other students had to say. My name's Eric. I'm uh, taking Darian's Pilates class. She focuses on empowering you to move forward with 
just the symmetry and keeping the body in line and used the proper way that it is supposed to be used. And she has a good eye for that. Yeah, that translates into just an overall physical well-being. Uh, my name is Kate, and I've been working with Darian for about six years. I started with her on mat classes, and then I moved to uh, working with her in her home studio, both in duets and privates on the reformer and the one chair and the other equipment. To do it well takes uh, dedication to continuing over and over. Subscribe to the podcast for more great interviews and check out DarianGold.com for her class schedule and other resources. Until next time, collarbones wide.